0: The Rich and Mike Show, Flagler County's hometown sports show. Here are your hosts, Rich Carroll and Mike Licio. Yes, it's another episode of the Rich and Mike Sports Show. Good Saturday morning, Flagler County. And a good Saturday morning to you, Mike Licio.
1: Hello, Flagler County. Rich, we're getting closer to playoff time, and we got a taste of what it's going to be like last night.
0: Boy, oh boy, yeah, great atmosphere over there at the ship. It was packed. At least it was packed on the home side there to support their Pirates, and the Pirates responded with a big-time win, their first district victory of the season, 35-0 over the Gainesville Purple Hurricanes. And I think, I don't know about you, Mike, but early on in that game, I was impressed and surprised, mainly because of the things you heard about uh, the Purple Hurricanes coming into the game and their record and some of the scores of their previous games. They came out firing on all cylinders With that offense, they looked like a high-flying offense with Mason Brewer throwing the ball all over the field. They had a couple nice runs on that first drive, and, man, after that, it was all pirates, and that's exactly what you expected going into the game. Uh, There was a little concern on my part that uh, you mentioned it during the broadcast, uh, bringing up a trap game, possibly looking past the Purple Hurricanes toward that Clay Blue Devil game. But that was not the case. The pirates—they took care of business, and they end up winning rather easily. But I was impressed with how Gainesville came out to start that game. And, and you're thinking, "Hey, wait a second here. This might be a game here tonight."
1: So normally, before a game, I don't have—I'll have a coach—I'll have a quick interview with Coach Forrest to get stuff for the um, Friday sports. But I don't really talk a lot in detail about. The game that night, you know, I kind of like, you know, to give coach Forrest his space, but I really needed his help on this one because Gainesville has not posted a single highlight on the internet this year anywhere and they don't keep stats. So there was really nothing to go on. And he told me that the biggest concern for him is that Gainesville tends to start fast. And so he was very concerned about that. And we saw that they did start fast. They moved down the field, but the defense held serve and after that, the defense adjusted and really took over the game on that side of the ball,
0: yeah. so you, you got to be impressed with the with the pirates. they they're looking for their first district win in that game, and they went out. They got it done. Uh, so many guys to talk about on the offensive side of the ball. they they look, they pitched a shutout on the defensive side of the ball. So of course, they were impressive there as well. but, Uh, Man, oh man, those offensive weapons for the Matanzas Pirates were on full display. You had Daquan Evans making plays through the air and with his legs. You had Daniel DeFalco, who uh, you expect a lot of things. We all know how talented he is and how good he is coming over from FPC. Of course, uh, his freshman year, he was there with the Pirates, but Uh, you expected him to be almost a a main focus of this offense. And he started the season a little slow, but last night was really the coming out party. You could see what he's capable of. And he's not a one-dimensional player. He's not out there just catching passes. He's a big part of the blocking scheme and everything, what you would expect from a great tight end. But it was really great to see him go out there. And I know he's done good things all year. But It was great to see him go out there and and pad the stats a little bit, get the touchdown passes, make an incredible that, that was one of the best catches we've seen all season where it's a little overthrown from Daquan over the middle, and he gets his fingertips on it and, and, and bats it up to himself, then catches it on the second attempt, and uh man, and that set them up for their first score. So Daniel DeFalco extremely Impressive in this game. Andrews had some catches, six, seven catches. He did what you normally expect him to do. You saw Fury get some plays. Of course, Cole Hash is always involved on both sides of the ball. So your stars, the guys that you expect to carry you, they all showed up tonight and contributed, and it was a a beautiful thing to watch.
1: And that was without Jordan Mills, who left the game with an injury. And Coach Forrest will give us an update later in the show on the status of Jordan Mills. But, you know, we talked about it before we came on the air about DeFalco, and you're right, that first touchdown catch, I kind of undersold it thinking back on it. you said that that was a throw where Daquan Evans fired a bullet and threaded the needle, and he made that catch. And so he was very impressive, and that's what you were hoping to see out of DeFalco. And because he is a big red zone target, he's got good hands, and as you talked about, he is paramount to their running game, you know, Matanzas has struggled at times to run the ball, and they seem to have the most success when they run behind big number six.
0: And he runs great routes too. He gets open. You see him getting open on the post, on a little slant over the middle. You know, he's just – he does everything so well from the tight end position. So it was really good to see that uh, manifest itself into some offensive stats in this game and the defense played well, Shamari and Gaines. And, and every, you know, you can't mention everybody, but it was a total team effort. So uh, speaking of which, talk about the stats, Mike. Uh, what, what story did the stats tell last night? Uh, did it match the score? I'm sure it did.
1: It did. And I'm actually going to start on the Gainesville side of the ball because their quarterback, Mason Brewer, came out on fire. And he started out, he completed seven of his first ten passes for 68 yards, and then after that, the defense made adjustments. Ivan Gaines had an interception. Jaden Sow had an interception. Big hits by Seth Clark and Cole Hash, Jackson Satterfield, which while we're speaking of Mason Brewer, I don't think he appreciated when Gainesville's coach Ian Scott called timeout with four seconds left on first and ten at their own three before the half. To have a to run a play where he was flattened by Jackson Satterfield. I don't think that's really how you want to end a half is getting literally crushed by Jackson big Jackson Satterfield but from that point on at that seven of, a, of 10 start, he was just excuse me he was just two of his last 13 for two yards mm. and that shows how much the pirate defense adjusted they held Gainesville. So just 24 yards rushing the entire game, just 72 yards passing the entire game. Daquan Evans, another big night for him. 12 of 20, 164 yards passing, four touchdowns. Um, Problems with the turnovers, but the Pirates, you know, interceptions were a problem last night. But he was 12 of 20, 164 yards, four touchdowns, nine rushes, 70 yards and another touchdown. He was the leading rusher. Um, Andre Andrews continues to impress six catches, 90 yards and a touchdown. We talked about Daniel DeFalco, just four catches. He had a 35 yard touch that the acrobatic 35 yard catch. And then a 10 yarder, a three yarder and a six yarder, but they were all for touchdowns. So four catches, 54 yards, three touchdowns. And Zach Fury, six carries, 50 yards, Cole hash, five carries, 30 yards. So they were getting it done with all their playmakers.
0: Oh yeah. They were getting it done. And, Uh, Going back to what you were talking about, the seven of 10 start from Mason Brewer. And yeah, they looked impressive. He was spreading the ball all over the field. They really didn't try to run the ball in this game, which surprised me. Uh, They just tried to air it out. That's the philosophy there. And there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, I think the turning point of the game is the fact that Mason Brewer gets off to that hot start, you know, 70% completion percentage, the whole thing. And on that first drive, they don't score. And if you're coming from where Gainesville is coming from, they're 1-6 on the season. They've had a lot of tough losses this year. And you get off to a successful offensive start like that, and you're unable to translate that into points, it just brought the whole thing down. It brought the team down. And they just never recovered from not being able to score early in that game. And they would never reach the end zone in this game. That's the uh, That's the... Basically, I, what I think, if they score on the first drive or the first couple drives, maybe they have enough confidence going forward to stay in that game. It just it didn't happen, and that's and if you're the Matanzas defense, you're extremely proud because that's your first shutout of the season, and any defense is going to be proud of putting up a zero for four quarters. So, but I do think you know you get in the end zone early maybe the game is a little different and you can kind of carry that momentum for the the next three quarters. But once they didn't score early, Matanzas, they were able to settle down. And, man, you you just you gave the numbers after that first quarter. They weren't the same team after that first quarter.
1: Gainesville ran 42 plays, 17 rushes. But of those 17 rushes, only 10 were actually called runs. Um, you saw that they had... The running back whose name is escaping me now. For them, six. Um,
0: that was. Uh, oh man! Now I'm I'm drawing a blank too. De, not Debose. He was the the receiver.
1: Debose was the receiver. I um, of course I don't have the roster in front of me. Why would I? But <laughs> you know, we'll get back to him because I'll I'll have his name in a moment. But White, um, the quarterback that came in, he had three rushes, but they were four rushes, but three of them were plays where he was flushed out of the pocket. That was David Wilbon.
0: Wilbon, there you go.
1: Wilbon. As you hear me shuffling through <laughs> papers. <laughs> so many notes tonight to go through. But, yeah, um, they didn't really try to run the ball. Although Wilbon had eight yards on his first carry and negative ten yards on his last seven. So the run defense was stout. The pass defense, of course, Shamarian gained. And we talked, or Shamarian Gaines, Ivan Gaines. Gainesville was actually Palm Coast last night. Right. (laughs) Sorry, I had to get it in one more time.
0: Yep, you you said that during the broadcast, and and I'm still horrified, but uh, it's okay. We'll keep moving forward.
1: Hey, at least I wasn't playing Purple Rain.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that was a little crazy. They're playing Purple Rain before the game, and they're playing the Purple Hurricanes. So, uh, interesting choice of music there uh, by Matan. But they're welcome. It was a long trip. For the Purple Hurricanes, and we just wanted to give them a warm welcome here in Flagler County. And, and you know, I can always do with a little bit more Purple Rain. It's a good song. Why not?
1: It, oh, it's a great song. <laughs> of One course. of the all-time greats. But, you know, this game, it wasn't perfect. That you know, That's but-
0: the next thing to get to, right? Okay, 35-0. Uh, you get your first district win. All the offensive numbers. However... This was kind of a sloppy game. You you can overlook it because of the score, but I know the coaches aren't overlooking it, Mike.
1: You know, I'm sure they're not going to tell us, but uh, I'm sure that they looked at that 35-0 score a lot differently than we did up in the booth. At the end of the day, they came in to accomplish a goal. That was to win a football game, and they did it. They won a district game. The district is really out of play because – St. Augustine would have to lose to Gainesville next week. Um, I would bet my house. i bet your house on it, Rich, <laughs> that that's not going to happen. Man, that seems Clay like a short thing,
0: be, right? But, you know, short thing bets, uh, that's a little scary. <laughs>
1: that's why they play the games, you know. And then Clay the next week, that's another game that, you know, Clay would play St. Augustine for the district championship if they were to – if they had won tonight, which they didn't. Clay lost to Menendez, and we'll get to how that's going to shake things up a little later but they need they accomplished their goal they won a district game they move on survive in advance and that's what they did tonight they're gonna have to play better against clay clay yeah. is coming off a loss i have not everybody i've talked to says there must be some injuries they don't understand how clay lost i talked to three coaches at three different schools and they all told me the same thing last night clay must be down a player or a player's Clay might not be at 100%, and they could possibly be at 100%. I'll try and find out as we go through the week what's going on with Clay. But right now, they're going to get a hungry Clay team next week that's playing for their season. And honestly, they're playing to keep the dream alive. They're probably not beating Oakleaf Clay. At the, after the game They after the game with Matanzas, they play Oakleaf and St. Augustine. And I don't think they're winning either of those games. So they're probably going to get eliminated anyway. But a win against Matanzas next week keeps the dream alive. They were in the eighth seed. They fell out of that spot. We'll get to the playoff rankings and how Friday night affected those with games between – for both FPC and Matanzas with games taking place from Palm Coast to Pensacola. But they're going to have to play better against clay next week because Kyle Kennard is going to have that clay team ready. They're a well-coached team. They're a physical team. We saw them last year. This isn't going to cut it next week. Well, let
0: me uh, Do you think Matanzas can beat Clay with the nine penalties and the three turnovers?
1: I think it's very hard to beat Clay if they're in a close game, because I think it's going to be a close game. It's going to be a game like tonight. Clay has been in close games all year 20 to 13 last night, tw- uh, 35 33 the week before. They've been in close games all year. And so the difference in close games is usually the unforced error.
0: That's right, and we've seen – that's been a common theme for the Pirates as they, they've been successful this year. They're 5-2, and 1-1 one and one in the district. But we have seen penalties uh, really just stall a lot of drives this year, and I don't really – I'd have to go back and look. I'm not, I don't think turnovers have been a big concern throughout the year, but, but to turn it over as often as they did tonight – and you, you have to acknowledge that the, the state of the field, while visually maybe it didn't look so bad – it was, I mean, it was raining all day before. You got to figure that that field, the ball was wet. So it had to play a factor in the outcome, in the turnovers that we saw from Matanzas. They usually take care of the ball better than they did last night. So uh, I wouldn't expect a repeat performance. I'd expect them to take care of the ball a little better against Clay. I don't think they'll be able to beat Clay. If they turn the ball over three times, you, know, you usually don't win anyway if you lose the turnover battle. Uh, they did not lose the turnover battle last night. I think Gainesville turned it over four times. Um, so uh, I
1: think it was 4 3 or 5 4. There was a lot of them last night. Yeah. And to your point, we talked uh, in a close game. This is Clay's scores the last five weeks 42 41 win in Orange Park, 35 14 against Gainesville, which maybe that's promising that we had a better result at Matanzas than. Clay did. They lost to To they beat Tokoy Creek by two. They lost to Middleburg by two. They lost to Menendez by seven. So five of their five of their seven games so far have been decided by a touchdown or less, and four of them have been decided by two points or less. So Clay is going to hang in the game. Clay might play their worst game of the season, and I think they're going to hang in the game because I think they're they're just that type of team that just doesn't go away. And if you make those mistakes, it could hurt you against Clay. You know, we talked to Coach Forrest after the game, and, you know, he said Russ might have had something to do with it. And they were kind of in an odd spot because they played St. Augustine Friday. They played Deltona the following Monday. So they played two games in four days and then didn't play another one for 13 days so or 12 days. So that could have factored into it, too. You know, they'll be crisp. They'll point, be focused. Yes. The field should be in better condition, you know. You hope Um, Jordan Mills
0: could play in that game. You really do. You hope he'll be all right. That's a big
1: part of it, too. You know, Jordan Mills means so much to that team. We're looking at Friday, 60% chance of rain, Rich.
0: Oh, spectacular. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, and and by the way, I think that's going to be a fantastic game. It's going to be dramatic. You have Clay. You almost wish, at at least from my perspective, that Clay would have won last night because you feel that having lost with everything you just described – They're going to be a desperate team, and and they're going to give it all to stay in it and save their season next week. And by the way, that game will be broadcast right here on News Radio WNZF 94.9 FM, and you can watch the game on the Flagler Radio YouTube channel. As a matter of fact, if you missed the game last night between Gainesville and Matanzas, you can watch it right now on the Flagler Radio YouTube channel. So player of the game, Mike, who did you have last night?
1: I think it was easy. Daniel DeFalco, three touchdown catches, two terrific catches in all on a night. It's it was tough because Daquan Evans threw for four touchdowns and scored another, but he also had a couple of um a couple of negative plays as well. And I think Daniel DeFalco he provided a spark early and really you're talking about two his first two catches. One could have easily been intercepted as Daquan Evans threaded the needle and made a great throw to get it through coverage, but it could have been intercepted. The second big catch he had, that could have been an incompletion, and maybe we're looking at a different game at that point, if not for those two plays, to get him up 14-0. If it's nothing-nothing after the first quarter, we might be looking at a different game, and you know, plus his physicality, they were able to run the ball well last night, and Daniel DeFalco, not solely, but he plays a big part in that, and so he... To me, uh, it was an easy choice for me. He was my player of the game.
0: I'm 100% with you, Daniel DeFalco, player of the game last night. The three touchdowns, uh, we all heard from Al Bundy. You talk about that for the rest of your life, right? But beyond that... maybe the most spectacular catch I've seen all season. I'd have to go back and look, but you add that to it. And yeah, also uh, that wasn't the only spectacular catch. Cause that's not the first touchdown catch. That is not an easy catch when there are all those arms in front of you. Possibly I got to look at it again, a ball going through a defenders hands. and, And Daquan had a lot of heat on that pass as well. So you probably don't even see the ball clearly until the last second and to have the hands to pull that in and the focus and concentration to catch that ball was, was, was extremely impressive. And of, of course the big play over the middle where he, a, with his fingertips just is able to tip it up to himself and, and, and uh, secure the completion. Fantastic job. Danny Falco, player of the game. You had a chance to talk to him, Mike, right?
1: Yes, I caught up with him. Outside of Club Dub, you might hear the music in the background. If you don't know Club Dub, when the Pirates win a game, they they raise the flag out at the field, the Pirate flag out at the field. Then they go into the locker room, and it's Club Dub. They've got music playing. they got lights blaring. It's a party in the Matanzas Fieldhouse. So you might hear some background noise of Club Dub from both him and Coach Farris. But, yes, I caught up with our player of the game, Daniel DeFalco. Daniel, talk about your night. You had three touchdown catches, and those were the the most spectacular play of the game. wasn't any of those. Talk about that deep pass where you were able to stay with it and catch that ball.
2: Yeah, last week during practice, we've been just going after it a lot. Um, just passing the ball a lot more during practice helps me, and just that hand-eye coordination we've been working on is like helping me out on Friday nights a lot better.
1: How did it feel, three touchdown catches tonight? You know, you're a big physical guy. You're a big part of the blocking and the physical mentality of the team. How did it feel to get a little more run in the passing game tonight?
2: Um, it was better. I got, I'm able to get some film with blocking. So, and I'm, I'm a lot more comfortable with blocking than I used to be. So that's a lot better for me. Like now that we're adding it more into like the playbook.
1: What has this season been like being back at Matanzas? You know, you guys are in the hunt for a playoff spot. You know, what were your expectations coming in?
2: I expected us to be. The team that we were my freshman year until I switched, and then when I got here, it was exactly that. The brotherhood was still there. Everyone was still happy that I was back, and I just felt like that helped me go out through the season with them.
1: What's next for you? you, you last three weeks, you got a chance to take Matanzas back to the playoffs for the first time since your freshman year. What does that mean to you?
2: I just think it's a great like feeling to do that because my old team – my freshman year, we were pretty good. And then sophomore, junior year, Matanzas was doing all right. And then this year, it just feels good to be a part of the team that's like doing what the team never has.
1: And what's it been like to be back with Coach Forrest?
2: I like it. I love Forrest. He's a great coach. Loves to mentor me, teaching me great things on the field and teaching me how to be a great man off the field.
0: All right, congratulations, Daniel DeFalco. You are the player of the game as the Matanzas Pirates defeat the Gainesville Purple I was gonna say purple rain, Mike. The Gainesville Purple Hurricanes, thirty-five, nothing last night, and you also had a chance to talk to the coach as well, right?
1: Yes, I t- talked to Coach Forrest outside of Coach Dub, a club Dub. I don't think I think Coach Forrest was a little more subdued in victory. I think in his mind, he's already on to Clay, and we. T- I talked about Clay, you know, keeping the dream alive. Well. Guess what? Clay doesn't care that they may not beat St. Augustine and they may not beat Oakleaf because right now, if they don't beat Matanzas, nothing else matters. So they're going to have a single-minded focus. And I got to talk to Coach Forrest about tonight's game and next week's game as well. Coach Forrest needed a district win, came out of here with a district win tonight. Talk about your team and just coming out, how they were coming out of the bye week.
3: Oh I mean you know I, I thought there was I never thought I'd say it I thought there was a little bit of rust. Uh, we kind of had to shake off some things and again, it, it was just really an execution piece. I feel like offensively we had some good things dialed up and, and we had some drops you know we dropped a touchdown in the end zone and uh, we had a fourth down that, that we had picked up and, and went through our hands. so um, just some miss just some things that we that, that we have got to tighten up you know going into these last three games and you know like I said, I think we got bit a little bit by the rust bug. Um, but again, I think the effort was there And I, I think we found a way, you know, to overcome those mistakes And, and defense found a way to create mistakes on, on their side of the ball um, Which really kind of balanced things out So as uh, is, is, is things were kind of evening out and shaking down I think that's why we got to the score we got um, So yeah, we just got to continue to work And like I said, you know, it doesn't matter who you play uh, Each week in a climb of a season, it gets tougher It just, you know, records, you can throw them out the window And And you know, Gainesville gave us everything we wanted and more, and and we we had to continue to fight to win the football game.
1: Earlier in the week, you talked about Gainesville wanting to get off to a fast start. They were moving the ball on that drive, and then your defense responded, and it looked like your defense adjusted to what they were doing. Their quarterback completed one of his last 13 passes. You know, what changes did the defense make? Oh,
3: I think it was just a, a tempo thing. You know, again, I, I think that once we once we kind of woke up and shook, shook the rust off, I think we played a lot better on both sides of the ball. So, uh, again, you know, that falls on me as the head football coach. we got to be able to find a way to, to get our guys ready to play coming out of the jump like that and, and to avoid the rust. Um, but, yeah, like I said, I think it was good to get a win, obviously. Um, sure beats the heck out of the alternative and uh, you know got a lot of things to work on this week we got a tough clay team coming
1: uh, this upcoming week. Daniel DeFalco four catches tonight in fact the touchdown catches were the least impressive of of his catches tonight (laughs) but talk about how far he's come this year.
3: Oh well I know he wanted to be a lot further along than he is Um, he's really hard on himself um Again, he, he's a good football player, and we try to get him involved in different ways. Um, but he, he's valuable to us beyond the catches and, and receiving. He's, he's a great blocker for us out wide, and he does a lot for us inside the box. So I, I think just kind of the superficial part of, of making plays and getting in the end zone was good for his confidence. Uh, but he does so much more for us than that. So uh, But it was glad to see him get some recognition this evening.
1: Jaquan Evans, like he does every week, making plays with his arm and his feet. A couple things to clean up, but overall the performance of your quarterback.
3: Uh, I mean, yeah, I think he, I think there's some things that he would want back, um, you know. But but again, he's he's doing really well for us. He's he's finding a way to make plays and distribute the ball in the right places. Um, again, like I said, it, I think it was just kind of the theme of the night was a little rust, a little rusty all across the board. Um, so again, I'm I'm hoping we shake that off and kind of, you know, come come back. Re- you know, re-energized on Monday because um, again, like I said, I th- I think that. Um, You know, Gainesville is the credit for a lot of our miscues. Um, You know, they they played hard, they played fast, and and they didn't give up. Um, But, again, it was a lack of execution on our part that was a little bit disappointing um, that we've got to make sure that we don't do that going into these final three games. We've got to come out with a hot start, and and we've got to right the ship quicker than we did tonight.
1: Any update on Jordan Mills?
3: Um, I, I think it's just one of those things we kept him out as a precautionary thing. Um, again, I think he went out at 21-0. Offense was starting to find its groove. Defense was playing really well. No need to put him back in in that situation. Um, seems like, you know, something he's dealt with in the past. So, uh, nothing nothing too uh, concerning right now. Um, I was told that he could have gone back in if we needed him. Um, but we made the decision to kind of hold him out where, where we were in the football game in the second quarter with, with a good feeling that we could, you know, get out of here with a win.
1: Seems like Andre Andrews steps up every time his name is called. Had another big night tonight.
3: Yeah, I mean, he, he's got a nose for the football. And uh, it seems like when, when you think the ball can't get to him, he finds a way to get it. So, uh, very proud of him and, and what he's been able to do here in the last – really, he's kind of burst on the scene the last three or four weeks. Uh, I think the Atlantic game was a game where he really kind of came out um, and, and played really well, but uh, at least offensively. You know, defensively, he's kind of been a catalyst for us for a while now. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, again, he's, you can see that he's starting to feel a lot more comfortable in what we're doing offensively and defensively – or offensively and defensively. Um, so, yeah, he's he's doing a good job for us, and he's going to be a big part of the stretch run.
1: A lot of physicality on your defense. Jordan Theus Vale made plays. Seth Clark had a snot knocker hit. Yeah. Cole Hash continues to be a menace. How important is it to have – a tough physical defense going into a game with a team like Clay.
3: Well, I mean, you know, I've I've always heard it from a young age: a defense wins championships. Offense is just for show. And um, you know, offensively, I think we did enough. You know, it, it makes it easy when when your defense holds you know teams the goose eggs. So, um, you know, again, that's that's something that we hang our hat on: that we got a strong defense that, that plays really well. Uh, again, no, by no means perfect, but um, I really think it's more about our, our entire offense and defense and special teams and our. Our program in general, we just we just play hard, you know, 48 minutes, you know. And, again, that may not be perfect all the time, but I, I think, you know, with the talent that we have when they're all playing together and they're all playing for each other, um, you know, they're a really special group.
0: All right, congratulations to Coach Forrest and the Matanzas Pirates. 35 nothing over Gainesville last night. That's their first district win of the season. Their first shutout of the season. So, a lot of things trending in the right direction for the Pirates in their driver's seat right now for a playoff appearance. That doesn't happen often for the Pirates, but it's looking like that might happen this year. And if you know if it does happen, we're going to have that right here on News Radio WNZF. If you missed the game last night, the big win for the Matanzas Pirates over Gainesville, you can head on over to the Flagler Radio YouTube page and watch it right now. Watch it once, watch it often. And uh, come back to us and listen to the Rich and Mike Sports Show. And next week on Friday, another big district showdown. This time it's going to be the Clay Blue Devils right here on News Radio WNZF. Don't miss it. That's another episode of the Rich and Mike Sports Show. Have a great weekend, Flagler County.